I'm Josh McDonald. And I'm Miranda Maturi, and we are Hand Therapy Academy. We're going to do something a little different here on this one. We're going to do a little kind of case study on a patient that we have in my clinic um, that's a super big challenge. We have a, a relatively new to hand therapy therapist working with this patient. She and I both treat the patient kind of alternating. And it's a really kind of complicated situation, and it's just tough to feel like we're making any sense of progress with this patient. So we thought we'd spend some time kind of sharing this and see if maybe you can get, gain something from it with your caseload. Yeah. So what um, what was this patient's injury? Kind of tell us the history. Yeah, real super quick. Um, patient had a fall at work, um, landed on an outstretched hand, had a distoratus fracture that has actually done very well as far as the the fracture healing goes, but she began to develop lots and lots of finger pain and stiffness. She has since developed, and this was almost a year ago, she came to us at like the nine month mark because there had been some delay in sending her. She went to a general PT clinic that I know, and they kind of deferred and referred her to me. So she's been with, with us for maybe four of the 12, last 12 months um, of, since this injury, but has really developed a lot of like arm and neck pain that could be described as CRPS, but without the brawny edema, without the hair growth, without the whole pseudomotor stuff. So really more just like this hypersensitive pain thing going on. And um, so she had a plate or? Um, yeah, she had ORAF um, and that went all very well. Um, she had some early problems with pain to her neck and shoulder and has had a total now of eight MRIs. Um, and she has bounced from a neurologist to an sh orthopedic shoulder doctor to a spine doctor. And no one can tell her why she has the significant pain that will start at her neck, radiate all the way down her arm, and why her fingers are in not full extension, but near full extension and stuck. Um, and she can't move them. Any attempt at passive range of motion or even just like light handling of her hand or arm has significant pain. She's got nearly full wrist flexion and extension, supination, pronation, and wrist mobility, but her fingers, not so much thumb, but her fingers are stuck and highly painful as well as her whole neck shoulder complex are super painful. Um, and did they release her median nerve? No, they did not release median nerve at the time of the surgery. Um, they have not pursued yet options for like a nerve block as if it were a CRPS. They've talked about doing, um, so someone at, a, at one of her MRIs said, uh, one of the doctors said that she was a candidate for a spinal fusion, C2 through five, um, because of compression there. She didn't want to sign on to that because they were like, oh, I think that's it, but we'll, we'll do the surgery and see if that helps. Um, that's kind of a rough diagnostic procedure to go through. Um, so she is kind of at a point where she is just mentally exhausted from all of this. There is a language barrier. She comes with, a, uh, with an interpreter because she is from Mexico, and so she only speaks Spanish. I speak moderate to poor Spanish, and so we still use the, the translator a lot for communication. Um, but she is at wit's end, and we are beginning to – we are trying really hard to ease this, the – the tension that she has with the medical system that we become weekly representatives of. Yeah, that sounds like a very tough case. You almost wonder, like, are you like for me, I would always be trying to identify what what is the cause of this? Is it psychosocial? Is it really a problem with the median nerve? You know, so many times with those distal radius fractures, if the median nerve isn't addressed, then they do present with that weird CRPS type pain or, you know, what is exactly going on or what is 
why is this going on for so long, right? Yeah, and in our analytical minds in this biomechanical model of hand therapy that relies heavily on biomechanical wants to check off boxes or cross things off and do this process of elimination and say, you know, is this patient malingering because it's a work-based injury? Are they making this up? And I really don't think she is. She has very real responses of pain. It's inconsistent. I'll be doing some soft tissue, like light touch stuff, just desensitization at times and be chatting with her. And out of nowhere, she'll have a major wince response and talk about pain. That So very genuine appearing responses. Is this a, I'll say psychosomatic in, in that, is this something that it is real perception of pain, but not from the sensory receptor level. And, and it's hard to tell if that's the case. Is it an actual physiological nerve compression at median nerve? Well, she has pain up at the cervical vertebrae. And so we're, we're dealing with this thing where we've been seeing her for a while and we are not after lots of testing and um, sometimes provocative testing, sometimes just trialing different things. She'll be, she'll have what we call splinter skills. Well, she'll be able to do something. Something's great. She can do like stress loading through a brush at the tabletop really well. She'll talk about, hey, I can scrub the walls. This is too easy. But then when I ask her to pick up foam cubes, she says, I can't do that. Like it's too painful and I can't manage that. You know, really light foam cubes or we're not reaching at all. So kind of splinter skills. And it's been very hard to identify how are we going to help her, whether it's on an individual like diagnostic level or just in general, how are we going to help you play with your grandkids better kind of thing. Yeah. And I think when you have patients like these that you can't figure out or you don't know, right? Because not every, we can't explain everything, even though we'd like to try, right? We want to understand yeah. everything. Sometimes we can't. And I think even as a practitioner, these patients can be um, exhausting, right? Because you're trying everything and they're still not getting better or they're not responding to what would traditionally work. So I guess my question is for you is how do you, how do you manage that um, I don't know if you want to say stress level on yourself with these patients. And that's something that's a great question because I'm really working on that with my uh, with my staff member that's dealing with like every Friday. We'll, we'll debrief on this patient because I saw them Monday. She sees them Thursday. And I'll say, you have to not internalize that. And you have to say, we're trying. We're doing the best we can. Are we doing everything we possibly could? If that's the case, we're still trying, but I need to not let that go home with me. And, and not let that become a point where like, I'm frustrated that I can't solve this, or I'm frustrated at the patient because they're not playing along, right? Like they're not, they're not getting fixed and that's their fault. Sometimes we don't have the answers. This patient also has social and family tugs pulling her away from solutions we may be presenting. She's from Mexico. And so she has family members telling her like the, the American medical system is failing you. And I kind of think it is you need to go back to Mexico and do their medical system. She said therapy in Mexico would be better. It wouldn't be uncomfortable. It wouldn't be painful. Like this is all, this is horrible and worse. And, and I kind of know the, the Mexican therapy system and I don't think it's as good. I, it's a kind of a, a personal bias on my part, but she has these social and cultural tugs pulling her away. And so it's this very layered thing. And that's kind of what I told our new grad, uh, this, this therapist is we have to see this through layers. There's not one thing that is the problem let's say it's a CRPS-ish kind of thing. That's one layer. The cultural thing is another layer. The work thing is another layer. The medical system's kicking her can down the curb and saying, go see a spine doctor, he'll fix you. Go see a shoulder doctor, he'll fix you. It's not my problem, it's someone else's. These are all layers that affect this and I can't fix all of them. I maybe can't even fix any of them except helping her to just try to do one more thing positively today. 
just try to maybe even I'm just the positive light in her day when she comes in and I'm in a good mood and I'm trying to get her to smile and laugh a couple of times. Maybe that's what I what what helps her use her hand more functionally down the road. Yeah. And I think um, with those tough patients, it's always really important to validate what they're feeling, right? Like you never want to make them feel like they're crazy for having this pain or that, you know, it's something that they've done wrong. I really feel like validating the patient can be very helpful. And then talking to them about telling them that I know your pain is real, um, but also making sure they have the right people as part of their team, right? Do they need to be seeing um, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a pain management doctor, getting some of those other people on board that can maybe help manage the long-term pain aspect of it? Yeah, yeah. And this lady has a team of over a dozen doctors and specialists and pain clinics. I don't believe she has psychiatry yet or psychology in either case. We've recommended for that. And I don't think that's something she pursued. I don't know if it's for, if she forgot to pursue it, if it's something she chose not to do because it may not be as culturally relevant for her. That's not something that's uh, common within that population uh, to go pursue. So yeah, we've, we've tried that, but you're right. Not uh, validating it and saying, I understand you're in pain because like, like telling your significant other in an argument to just calm down, that never actually works. And so telling a patient it's in your head, let, even if it is in their head, that doesn't make it better. So validating and saying, I understand you're in pain. I not, not the therapy talk of, I know that you think you're in pain, but validating, I understand you're in pain and we're here to help you and get you as much function as you can. Just trying to help the patient do something positive on the back end of this. We don't have solutions and answers just yet, but it's, it's interesting to go through with the staff member and say like, how are you going to manage this patient and how are you going to see like a, a positive outcome for yourself in this, because that's something as therapists that we tend to internalize too. Yeah, definitely. I think taking care of the staff and the patient, right? Something yeah. we do as owners and when running clinics. Yeah. So not necessarily any great resolutions, not one of our posts that gives you all kinds of solutions and answers and stuff, but still kind of a good thing to hear a discussion of on difficult patients because man, we all have a couple, at least on our on our schedules, right? Yeah, definitely. All right. Cut you off early there. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I was doing the whole info at hand therapy academy thing, but eh, that's okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. All okay. right. Closing.